Yo, what is good, everybody? Welcome back to Diamond Talk. Today we are recording on Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to you baby daddies out there. Or, you know, I'm not going to say husbands. There's some baby daddies out there that have been putting in the work without the without the ring attached to it, right? Like, we can't all be Yankees. But I'm here with Rob and Papa Bear of the Club, Nick. How are you guys doing? Yo, what's going on, man? Definitely good to be here. Yeah, uh, happy Father's Day to how Daniel said all the baby daddies out there. Um, definitely a good episode to have on Father's Day as well, as we're going to dive into like all this all-star talk. Definitely some some names that we're definitely familiar with in terms of superstar level, some some newcomers as well. The conversation, I definitely feel, is going to get nasty at some point, so I'm definitely ready for this one. Yeah, man, happy to be talking about this on Father's Day. We got some sons who made their dads real proud on this list, and uh, we got some probably differences of opinions, and you know maybe one day we'll get the fathers in here to fight it out to decide for us, but for now, we got ourselves out here talking about it, so let's do this. Everybody says that, like, Father's Day is like, is like one of those things where fathers never get the gifts they want. Well, today you get an episode talking about All-Stars, right? Like, we don't got to talk about, like, the Rockies and shit. Like, you guys get a good episode on Father's Day. I feel like it's the gift that's going to last you all week. But let's get started, man. Like, this is going to be the All-Star. This is not the All-Star episode, but we know we're a few weeks away from the All-Star game. And, you know, this point of season is kind of one of those ones where it's like we're in the middle of it. So not everything's like as exciting as it usually is. Um, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about the All-Star teams and who we think are going to make it, right? We're, we're pretty much we're pretty much there, uh, All-Star games in like three weeks. Let's start with the AL, right? I think the AL is going to be a little bit easier to, to, to talk about uh, based on some of the, the productions that we've had. And we're going to go position by position here, right? We're going to give you who, who we have individually as All-Stars, and, and we'll talk about it. So real easy, man. Let's start at the catcher position. Yeah, man. So my, my starting catch for the AO is, I, I think, in my opinion, very easily Adley Rushman this season. I think the impact that he's had on the on the Baltimore Orioles um, can't be denied over an 800 OPS, um, you know, 130 WRC plus putting up good numbers. One of those guys who I don't think is necessarily going to, you know, be the MVP this season or anything like that. But, you know, you see superstar potential, not just in what he's currently doing, but what he's going to be doing in these coming years. Definitely a guy who's going to start to enter that MVP conversation. Um, and right now, going to be making his first All-Star team this season, in my opinion. Yeah, it's Adley. It, to me, it's not really close. He's on a winning team. He is he is the captain of that team, no matter what you want to say. And that does go a long way. He's, I don't know how much pressure was really on the Orioles going into the year from the general baseball fan, but I know they had pressure on themselves. And he's being the captain, and, and that goes a long way. The only other guy to really talk about is Jonah Heim. It's mostly because of his defense, but I mean, you got a guy at the plate, which is what you're looking at in the All Star game. You don't care about pitch framing, or blocking, or throwing guys out in the All Star game. Although this year that might be different, but it's got to be Adley, and this might be the start of his run of you know 15 years straight of All Star starting catcher. Goodness, who is this chiropractor? If he plays 15 years behind the plate, everyone's gonna have to go to that guy because Jesus Christ. No, but look, <laughs> I, I also have Adley. Right, I think w- when coming to the catcher position, I, I was debating having Jonah Heim as a starting catcher. There's a lot of metrics you look at where Jonah Heim is actually doing a little bit better than Adley this year. But, look, I, I think all-star game, you want to see the, the guys who are going to be there year in and year out. For me, that's Adley, right? Like, you know how much I, I love him. Um, the league loves him, right? And, you know, deservingly so. But Jonah Heim definitely deserves his credit. You know, I, I know we're not talking about, like, third guys, but I think Salvador Perez will probably be the third guy. Just there's no one else that's really good in the AL at the catcher position. Right, like I don't know if there's other guys like really fighting for it other than like Salvador Perez. Plus, he's he's a name like we mentioned with Adley. He's just he's a, he's a superstar kind of dude for Kansas City. Kansas City probably won't have many guys going, 
So why not have have, have their captains going? All right, man. This one, this one, I think is gonna we're gonna have a little bit of debate. So for first base, I think I looked at some of the names. Definitely some guys that in in recent weeks have kind of improved their numbers and and got brought into the conversation. But I think this season, just based on how it's going, it has to be Yandy Diaz um, from the Tampa Bay Rays hitting over 300. Um, we talked about it a, a few episodes back. One of the, one of those players who seems to be having a breakout year. Um, one of the key pieces in Tampa Bay's lineup this season, the reason why Tampa Bay, you know, was the first team to get to 50 wins so far this season, still holding on, uh, you know, to that lead in the AL East, um, definitely looking like they're postseason bound. And Yandy has been a, a good part of that. Um, so, yeah, I think Yandy Diaz has to be the pick over at first. Yeah, this one's a runaway, in my opinion. I mean, I've got uh, the guy who's leading the votes, Vladdy Daddy jersey on right now. So, like, I, I definitely see the, the Vladimir Guerrero love. But there's a lot of guys that are doing better than him in a lot of different metrics. Um, the one that kind of stuck out to me was Noda from the A's. He started off really hot. He's still doing well. And who else are you going to pick from the A's? But as a starter, I mean, Yanni Diaz got a 164 WRC+. And the next closest guy is Noda at like 120 or 143. It's, it's really not close. And when you talk about the Rays in the past, offense was not what you talked about. You talked about bullpen. You talked about starting pitching. You even talked about their manager before you started talking about offense. And Yanni Diaz is hot as can be. He was leading the league in OPS for over a month. And to me, it's, it's just really, really clear that it's Yanni Diaz. And I, everybody's got to catch him. And he doesn't look like he's going to let anybody catch him anytime soon. Oof. Oof, here we go. This is our first disagreement. I, I do not have Yanni Diaz in my starting first baseman. And one, like I have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. This, this is the all-star game. I need my all-stars out there. Is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. deserving of the first base spot? I don't think so, right? I think the guys you mentioned in Yandy and and in in Ryan Nota both should start over him. But as a fan of baseball, I know that I'm more likely to see Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in more of these and in MVP conversations. Plus, you know, I will take any chance I get to shit on 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 a Ray. And the the the, the talk last month was, oh man, Yandy has 12 homers. That's more than he's had any time last year. Well, he's had zero homers since, right? Like, he has zero homers in the month of June. We're, in, we're at June 18th, right? Some of those other numbers have come down with it, right? His OPS number is down this month. His slugging is down this month. Um, you know, he had a great April. March, I mean, April. Oh, comes after April. May comes after April. I said March. His, his, his what's it called? His May was still really good. But it wasn't his April, and now his June has been kind of abysmal. So, for those reasons, I'm gonna take Vladdy Daddy because I'm gonna play conspiracy theory and say that MLB is gonna pump some juice balls into Toronto and be like, "Look, we cannot have Yandy Diaz starting at first base. Let's do whatever we have to do to make Vladimir Guerrero our starting first baseman for for the AL All Star team." Um, so I have Vladimir Guerrero Jr., but I, I do have Yandy and Ryan both as my alternatives there. Um, we're not going to talk too much about Ryan Oda, but he's, he's had a great season for the A's. Really one of those guys where came out of nowhere. What is yeah, it, Rob? Yeah, I see you shaking your head. Yeah, you're wild. No, no, you're wild for the Vladdy pick, though. You're wild because, like, <laughs> like if, if you're talking, like, if, if the vote is today, <clears throat> if if the vote is today, there is no way that the vote could be Vladdy. Like, Vladdy might, Vladdy might be, like, a potential, like, pick. Like, okay, like, we'll see how the month of June finishes out and how, you know, the start of July goes and his numbers improve. But, like, by no statistical metric nope. is is Vladdy even close 
to having on these numbers, I know like superstar level, like the personality that you would want to see. But if we're talking about a starting spot, like why would it matter? Why wouldn't you just send Vladdy in as a reserve, right? Like you're, you're, but the starting spot <laughs> should be going to the guy who's having the bet. Look, we just had this, we just had the conversation at catcher, right? <clears throat> if you look at the stats for Adley Rushman and, jo and Jonah Heim, Jonah Heim, however you pronounce his last name, like the stats are close enough where the argument that you brought up of like, I want to see Adley at, at the all-star game. It makes sense. It makes sense in that situation to like bring up the, the that argument of like, look, when the stats are that close, like I want to see the guy that's more of the superstar attraction, obviously Adley Rushman. But in this case, I don't think Vladdy's even putting up any numbers that like would would compete with Yandy Diaz numbers. If the numbers were close, I agree with you. Like, yeah, send send the guy who's the bigger personality to start. He's probably still going to end up there as a reserve. But it's just tough for me to say Vladdy's going in there as a starter when Yandy Diaz has been doing what he's been doing. And Tampa Bay has also been playing how they've been playing as a result of what he's been doing this season. Look, Vladdy doesn't even vote for himself to start this game. Vladdy won't even vote for himself. Like, even he knows he shouldn't be starting this game. He should be there because you need that star power. But I love this that you're saying that because that, to me, like most people, the general sports fan will say that the Major League Baseball Playoffs World Series is the best postseason in all of sports. Stanley Cup right there with them. But nobody picks the NFL playoffs as better. Very few people pick the NBA playoffs as better. Certain year to year, yeah, they're fun, exciting. But for the most part, even people who don't like baseball, that's the time of the year they tune in and they're actually making time out of their schedule. I feel the same way about the All-Star game because you have this aspect where fans stuff the ballot box. I remember when the Giants were winning and they had like six starters in the All-Star game going into voting like in the last week. And it was like, why is this? Because they're voting. So if you're mad about it, go vote. Like get on, you can vote, what, 20, 25 times? You don't even have to vote once. Toronto stuffs the ballot box and if Vladdy gets in there, you know what? Good, good on their fans for doing it because that's what this is about. It is a fan game. This isn't a competitive game. They took away home field advantage from the World Series. This is truly an, ex an exhibition game. So there's no reason not to. I love this aspect of it because it also gets you talking more about who really is should be in there. And then you get to learn more about who are the guys that aren't in the spotlight, like a Noda. There's nobody outside of Oakland that knows who this guy is. And then when you start looking at the numbers and Vladdy gets voted in, you're going to start having the general baseball fan looking at the numbers like, oh, this Ryan Nota guy, he's pretty good. When is he going to get traded for? By the way, look, I agree 100% with both of you guys. Look, Rob, I know he's not a top first base whatsoever, right? In, in order of top producing first baseman, it's literally Yandy, then, then Ryan Nota, and then it's a gap. Then it's a huge gap. And that's when you have the guys of Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Justin Turner, you throw Anthony Rizzo in there, right? Brandon Drury, Nathaniel Lowe, who can potentially be in this conversation. So the way I look at it is Vladdy's getting in. And now it's just about, you know, how do you want to use Vladdy, right? And, and obviously it's a fan vote. It's a fan vote, whoever they pick, it's, it's going to be Vladimir Guerrero Jr., right? They have the power of Canada behind them. No, no, he's, he's, he's starting the game. I just want to make it yeah. clear that, like, <laughs> statistically speaking, right? Like, don't just... Let's not run with the yeah. narrative of, no, no. oh, Vladdy's an all-star and all this stuff. And it's no, just no, no. like, they're better people. I, I, I agree with you a thousand percent, right? Vladimir Guerrero Jr. does not have the best stats. There's a good conversation to be had that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. shouldn't even be an all-star this year based on how he's producing against other AL first baseman. But the way I look at it, he's going to get in. And if he's going to get in, you might as well start him, right? Um, but again, no disrespect to, to, to Yandy or Ryan because they're having way better seasons 
of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Let's go to second base. Second base, I don't think it's gonna be much of a discussion. But but who do you guys have at second? Oh yeah, second base was pretty easy in the AO for me. Um, I think it's got to be Marcus Simeon. Um, we talked about the Texas Rangers this season. Marcus Simeon has been a key player for that team. Um, obviously, you know, in the second year of that seven-year deal that he signed with them. Um, and he's been sticking to his pattern of, you know, coming down on a little bit and then being an MVP caliber player the next season. Um, so should the Texas Rangers fans be worried for next season? Maybe a little bit, right, that his numbers will come down. But this season, he's been playing at an all-star level. Very easily should be the choice at second base. It's easy for so many reasons. Number one, he's got the most games played at second base and still doing this. Your other guys like Whit Merrifield and Braden Drury, who plays all over everywhere. Like, it, this is just, this might be the easiest pick out of any position on either side. I agree. I have Labor Torres. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, guys. It, it's Marcus Simeon for me, too. Right? I, I love Labor, but with Marcus Simeon, it, it, it wasn't even close, man. Uh, this, this next one, we might have a, a little bit of discussion, but I, I have a feeling it's still going to be um, somewhat the same guy. Uh, shortstop, who do you guys have? I'm going to say this. For shortstop, um, I went back and forth. This was actually one of um, like three positions yesterday when I was looking at who I wanted to start that I went back and forth on. Um, just because I think there's two guys um, who – what the other guy is going to be the reserve. So I think the conversation at shortstop came down to Bo Bichette from the Toronto Blue Jays and Wander Franco from the Tampa Bay Rays. There are there are different reasons that you can start either guy. I want to say I want to say that ahead of time because I don't want to argue in terms of I think both guys deserve to be the starter. At the end of the day, I I took a step back. I said, who am I gonna write in to start at shortstop? And I ended up going with Bo Bichette. Um, I think that you can easily make an argument for Wander to start because if you look at the overall position of shortstop, right? Like I think Wander's defense and offensive combo, obviously you would take that over Bo. Um, but I think that the offense on both sides this season has been a little bit better of, of an, of an all-star level. Um, and then mm, it's tough, man. It's tough. I, I would say it's like 51 49 to Bo. As of today, I, I could see Wander Franco starting when the vote comes, but right now I would say 51-49 bow. I flipped a coin seven times, good World Series style, tried to figure out who the fuck this would be. Um, because I'll tell you this, I did not pick the guy that I'm more impressed by. I am more impressed by Bo Bichette because I've heard and I've seen, but I didn't really pay attention. He's led the league in hits the last two seasons, and he's on that same pace again. That's surprising to me because while I hear about him hitting, what I hear about most is his overall baseball ability, not defense, not, not that at all, it, but like his power, his speed, his base running intelligence. But it never clicked to me for some reason how many hits he's getting each year, and he's doing it again. And it's super impressive to be up there every single year. And when you do it atop that lineup, all the other numbers are going to come with it. But I'm going with Wander Franco for two reasons, and they're both defensive. Number one, he is a showboat. When he flipped up, I did not record the week after he flipped that ball up and did his whole playground baseball throw over to first base. Look, I hate that shit, but I loved him doing it because he got it done. And that is what you need, that you're bringing attention to Tampa Bay and nobody has attention to Tampa Bay. But also, um, no doubt, no doubt, I do not want to see Bo Bichette boot three balls in the All-Star game as a starter. I don't want to see that shit. I do not want to see an All-Star game where you're talking about how bad the defense is. So... For that reason, literally for the defensive side of it, I'm going to go with Wander. Also, it's nice to see such a young cat. I mean, they're both young, but to see Wander Franco kind of living up to everybody's hype this year, 
that deserves to be the starter of the all-star game over the guy who's led the league in hits the last two seasons and might do it again. And that's crazy. This was easily the most difficult position for me to pick on either side. I'll be a tiebreaker, man. And those are two guys I have up there too, right? Rondo and Wander and Bo. But I picked Wander for reasons Nick said, right? I think Bo is a terrible shortstop, like defensively. And I like if I don't have to watch it, I won't watch it. Right, so I I much rather have have Wander out there at short as my starting shortstop, right? Whoever your starting pitcher is will probably appreciate that a lot more. But look, man, you mentioned I, I think Bo's kind of at the point where he's underrated, right? Because look, for, for all intents and purposes, man, he's so quiet. Like we don't we don't hear anything out of Bo really. Like he's kind of just a, a a calm dude. He's not like Vladdy trying to get into everyone's head. He's not like Alec Manoa trying to do whatever the hell Alec Manoa does. Right, like he's he's kind of a very underrated part of this Blue Jays offense, and it's hard to say that when he leads the league in hits years after year. But he kind of just does his thing. Yeah, he needs some work defensively, but I, I think the biggest thing that I take away from Bo is last year when he was struggling, he struggled trying to play everybody else's game. Right, where people were like, "Hey, he has to walk more. Hey, you have to to work on your your OPS and slugging," and he struggled mightily during that. And then you know. He talked to look, that's not the kind of player I am. I just gotta go out there and hit. Well, he goes out there and hit, and guess what? Now he's 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 you know been killing it since that, right? So I, I love Bobachet, um honestly as, as as a player. I think he's I think he's awesome. Um but Dude, I, I'm, I, I don't want to see him on my shortstop. <laughs> I, I, I look, I agree with you. Like I, I don't want to see him playing shortstop either. But then if you're asking me like for a vote for an all-star game, right? Like they're, they both deserve it. Like both, both guys are yeah, going to be there. Yeah. Both Wander and Bo are going to be there. I went with Bo because I've been a person that all my life kind of like prefers offense. Like if I'm just being yeah. honest, like offense. And if, if we're having a, a honest conversation about Bo Bichette, I think the overall talk about him as a player gets brought down because of his defense. But it, it, it's kind of like if, if you're talking, right, like you have the same situation with a lot of guys in like the NBA, right, where like it's like they're these offensive superstars, but then play no type of defense to like keep them in like that top uh, superstar level talk. Um, I think that's where Bo falls, where like you just said, I agree, he's underrated. Bo at worst is probably when you look at, at his overall hitting, like batting average, WRC plus, his slugging, his OPS, like everything like in the last like two or three seasons. He's probably at worst like a top 15 offensive player in the MLB. Like, if, and that's that's probably in front of, you know, some guys that we consider superstars in front of him because they give you so such good offense and defense, you know, combination. Yeah. But he he's just, he's an offensive superstar. Like that's what that's what he is, right? Like if like if he had a a, a card on MLB the show and you just bumped up all the offensive stats, like that's what would make sense for a player like like Bo Bichette, where he's just out here with the with the one twenty five contact, one twenty five power, like because from you know for any small period of time, you give him you give him a twenty game stretch. Sometimes he's going out there hitting three fifty with a thousand OPS, like and and just looking like an absolute superstar, even more so than than a Vladdy Junior on his own team. Yeah, no, I agree. Like I, I think there's a position change in the future. Um, I don't I don't know when or or if it's gonna be on the Blue Jays right, uh, but but still man I, I I love them both but but Wander definitely the guy I want out there. Th- third base I think this one's gonna be pretty easy for us too. But who's your third? Who's your start at third base? Oh this one this one I went a little bit back and forth on. Um I think again guys that will be in the reserves conversation. I think you could look at three guys for third base. 
I ended up going with Matt Chapman and Jose Ramirez as reserves. I gave the starting vote to Josh Young from the Texas Rangers. Um, I think he's had a pretty a pretty good year um, this season. He's been consistent all year. Um, another guy that's been that's been in that key talk. The, the Texas Rangers don't aren't really turned around fully without a guy like Josh Young. Like we can look at at a guy like Corey Seager, who's their you know who's their main superstar in terms of of how much money they're out there making. Corey Seager has been on a tear since he came back from injury, but again, he missed a good portion of this season so far. Josh Young has been one of those main uh, main guys out there pushing the Texas Rangers forward. Um, I think the stats for a lot of the guys are close enough where you can send a lot of guys out there as a starting guy. But this year, I, I felt why not? I'm I'm giving the nod to Josh Young. I can see that. I definitely can. Um, he's on a good team. He's a rookie, so it's nice to have that out there. Um, and he's had a great year. But for me, it's it's the guy who's been on top of third base for years. It's Jose Ramirez. He's just doing everything. And he's doing it on a team that's down this year offensively, not like they were up last year offensively. So it's just, it's it's Mr. Consistent. You know, he's got the power. His speed's down a little bit. Um, but his Babbitt is only 279. Like, that's not Jose Ramirez Babbitt. And he's still killing it. And he could just get better and better throughout the time. He's also really fun to watch. Like, he is a character. And I think he's going to be good to start the All-Star game. He's tops in war defensively and offensively in the American League. I really wish Matt Chapman would have stayed hot because he is one of my favorite players in Major League Baseball. Super humble. Every interview I've ever seen him in, he's just he's the guy you want to have on your team playing for you, but also just the guy you want to have on your team to be a teammate. Um, so kind of upsetting that Matt Chapman didn't stay hot. But for me, it's, it's pretty clear Jose Ramirez, but with really good reserves behind him. Ooh, I am going to love this. All right, look, so Jose Ramirez is my starter. For, for a lot of the reasons Nick mentioned, right? I think he's just that dude at third base. He's been it for, for the last few years, right? So I, I think I think it's like the easy one. My reserves, though. Like Josh Young is the first guy that I thought, yeah, this guy definitely has to be in here. So Josh Young's reserves. Matt Chapman is not on my reserve list. Not. Like, like here's, the, here's the thing. Matt Chapman will get into the All-Star game because he's in Toronto, right? So Canada has, has their back. And here's where my conspiracy theory Contract year, his agent will literally go out there and suck a Johnson to make sure this dude's out in front of faces so he gets that big contract. But the most deserving guy that we didn't mention, Isaac Paredes of the Rays, he's been destroying it at both defensively and offensively. He's a young dude. He doesn't have the name value that guys like Josh Young has. Even though Josh Young is still a rookie, he was, a high, he was looked at really highly. Right, um, but Isaac Perez has been the best third baseman statistically, at least, in the AL. But like I said, I, I want my stars to play, so I got Jose Ramirez at third. But if the guys coming behind them, Josh Young and Isaac Paredes, and like I, I really did fight about it, because I think Matt Chapman does deserve to be in this conversation. I don't think he's like a scrub or anything like that. But like Nick mentioned too, man, he fell off hard after the first month. Right, well, first month we were talking about ridiculous things like how big is this contract going to be. Is this going to be a, a, a an eight to ten year contract? Who's going to take that money? And it's like, no, he kind of came down back down to earth. So, so what we kind of still better that what we saw as last year on, on the A's, but kind of back down to earth a little bit. And while the defense isn't bad, it, it has regressed a little bit since Platinum Glove. I mean, not that that doesn't change, you know, in an instance, right? Defense is one of those things where it's so much just about how the ball's getting hit at you. Right, like something's happened, right? Like so, you know, all I'm saying is 
but does Matt Chapman deserve to be here? I would say yes, but I also think if Matt Chapman deserves to be in there, Matt, Isaac Paredes definitely deserves to be in there, and so does so does Josh Young for that matter. Um, so yeah, man, third base is third base is a good one. I think right, let's go. I think the co- oh, the ahead, the conversation. I just wanted to say real quick, the conversation on on Matt Chapman's contract has definitely cooled off a little bit. I would say if he if he finishes off the season and is still at like some average pace. If I had to predict, I'd say, and again, it, it all depends on, you know, what a team needs out there. If a team wants to overpay him to be their starting third baseman, then that's just what's going to happen. But I would say, like, in terms of his value, I would see his contract probably being slightly better than, like, a Nick Castellanos deal, where you're giving him, like, five years at around, like, $25 million a season, five at 125 130 Like, that's probably where his value would be. Can we see a team going out there and being like, hey, we're going to give you like uh, a Marcus Simeon level deal, right? Seven at one, at 175 or seven at 200, possibly if a team wants him to, to be their long-term third baseman. But I think he just has to keep playing out this season and just, you know, not fall off and be that guy that has like a low 700s OPS. He has to stay in the high sevens, possibly just break through to that, to that 800. He has to keep playing solid defense. Um, again, he's not the superstar or their standout guy or anything like that in Toronto. That's always going to be more expected for Vladdy or um, a Beau Bichette. But he has to finish out this year strong because he was one of those key players that was, you know, in terms of how he started off the season, was in line for a big payday. Still is going to be a six-figure pay, uh, a six-figure payday, but you know, uh, or a nine-figure payday. But you know, it it's definitely less than it was even just a month ago. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely see him. Man. He's going to be a big storyline second half of, of the year here. All right, give me give me your starting outfield. Oof, oof, this is going to get – I hope this doesn't get nasty. But <laughs> for my starting outfield, all right, and, and, I'm, and I'm saying this is preference. So I went one, two, three. Like, if you told me these are the guys that for sure – okay, 100% Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is the number one outfield out there. Will it, will it happen? Yes. Like, the, I think the fan vote will get him in there. I think we have to see what ends up happening with his injury, right? He might be a guy that get that gets voted voted in as a starter and ha- ends up having to miss the game. So, uh, so but I think me, the let number just, one. Let me just let me just say, I think I think um, even if he if he does get voted, I don't think he's gonna play. So for this mm-hmm. for the sake of this conversation, let's make believe he's injured. Let's make believe that he's not an option. I I just don't think he's gonna he's gonna mm-hmm. be in there. So if Aaron Judge isn't in there, what what, what three? That changes it a lot, a lot. That takes out two thirds no, of my no. starting outfield. You have no, Judge no, I just said right, right. I like your style. <laughs> I would say, I would say this. Okay, this is the argument that I'm gonna make now. Uh, but I just want to make it clear: Aaron Judge is the is the very clear number one se- se- selection in the I, outfield I think, in the in the AL. I think for everybody, I think him everybody not being in, in the, the conversation, Aaron Judge, yeah. But him not being in the conversation, then I think that the number one option, just based on how MLB has its voting laid out as well, has to be Jordan Alvarez. So then Jordan Alvarez is the, is the number one option. Again, I know that he went through injury as well. We'll see how he is come all-star, all-star game time. But I think it has to be Jordan Alvarez. Second guy behind Jordan Alvarez, Randy Arozarena. He's been another key player in, in Tampa Bay success. I think when you talk about all-star game, you talk about personality, definitely fits in that conversation, right? And, and this season is definitely, definitely not just a personality guy. It's not just a season where he's like, oh, yeah, we want to send Randy Rosarino to the all-star game because he's all good for, for fans and everything like that. He's playing like an all-star. Like, he's, he's, he's hitting well. Does His OPS is, is very high compared to, like, the star players in the league. 
I think he deserves the, the, the vote. I would say this right now. He's only right now he's being mentioned because you just took Aaron Judge out of the conversation. But this is the first season where Mike Trout legitimately does not deserve to be in the conversation for top three outfielder in the AL. If you want, if you want to say you want to send him out there because of his name value and he's a star, like sure. But statistically, he is not in that conversation. If Aaron Judge is out, then sure. I guess Mike Trout now can join the conversation a little bit. But I don't know, man. Statistically, probably still prefer to send a guy like Masataka Yoshida. Masataka Yoshida has put up good numbers this season. You have a lot of other guys um, out there, you know, for for different reasons. Luis Robert has done really well in in Chicago. Um, you have a guy like uh, like Odalis Garcia, who's in that conversation at times of being the home run leader in the AL, even though like you know some numbers wise compared to the other stars in the outfield aren't completely there. Um, but dude, it, it's tough. I would say, look, if if I had a pick, I want to see a star out there. Aaron Judge out of the combo. I would say that if that it's it's more than likely Mike Trout who has to take that third spot along with the Rosarena and Jordan Alvarez. Then, okay, all right, Nick, man, what about you? So, question: Because isn't isn't Alvarez out for like a month? Alvarez is also out. Yeah. So you know, it, there's a couple of. I, I don't see Alvarez playing in this thing either. Um, and I and also it's right. like for Alvarez, I, I even though he plays outfield, I have him down as a DH, right? Just because like he plays. Like left field at, at the Crawford Fox ass fucking like Houston Astros like location, right? So, you know, so 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 for sake of argument, let's let's you know, I know um Rob, you had Jordan on there, but let's say Jordan's also out. So, you know, we'll just talk about more names, right? So let, let's say Jordan's right. also out for, for you, Nick. Okay, so for sure it was so my two thirds the outfield that's injured was Jordan and Judge. Like that's that's just clear. So from there it just comes to who was my third one, but from there, um, I mean to me. It's Randy, and honestly for me, Randy was my number one outfielder for this reason, for this reason. Preseason WBC, he fully put the spotlight on him, on himself. He brought all the eyes from all over the world onto himself, and he's stepping up, and he's playing captain-type baseball on the best team in baseball, and he's doing it. So for me, it's Randy. That's the number one outfielder I want to see in the All-Star game, even over Judge and Alvarez. Mostly because I can pick all three of them. So it's not like I have to choose him over the other two. So for me, number one is definitely Randy Rosarena because I want to see what he's going to do in the All-Star game from a showboating standpoint. Like, he might throw a ball and miss the cutoff man and still do his stance and stare at somebody. Like, I don't know what he's going to do to be on the spotlight there, but it's going to be fun. Um, from there, I definitely had Judge and, and uh, Jordan. But after that, I got Luis Robert, which was surprising. Because he's having a quiet, good year. Like, he's having a really good year. And I had no idea. Because he's on the shitty-ass White Sox. Whose shortstop has not hit a home run. Tim Anderson does not have a home run this year. So there's so many things to not talk about on this team. And then you just don't talk about Luis Robert. And he's having a baller year this year. Um, 835 OPS, 125 WRC+. plus. Um, he's doing really well. And for me, the third one would definitely be Adelise Garcia. Mostly because it was between him and Trout, and you want to see Trout in the All Star game, and I think he's going to get in there as reserve. I, it's just probably going to happen. But at least Garcia deserves some shine because he's been playing good baseball for the last two years, and this year he's on, you know, arguably the best team in baseball with the Rangers, and he is just quietly doing his thing with power and speed and average. He plays a good defense, and the only other guy that almost snuck in for me, and it's only because of home field advantage, would be Julio. Um, I, I really am between Adelis Garcia and Julio Rodriguez simply because the game's going to be in Seattle. And what what an experience it would be. 
I think Julio Rodriguez is going to get in there. And if Seattle fans don't vote in their own guy for the game that they're going to host, you know what, Seattle, I love my trip up there. It was a great time. I've seen some really exciting baseball up there on TV. But absolutely fuck all of you if you don't vote your own center fielder in to this game. This is your chance to actually show love to your team. Um, I would love to see Julio Rodriguez in there. But if it's just purely off of who I'd want to see in the outfield, it's going to be a Rosarena, Robert, and Adelise Garcia. Yeah, you know, so so for me it's uh, similar, right? I, I have my Cubans out there and my Cuban Mexican in Randy Rosarena. Um, he's th- those those two guys were were in no matter what, right? Um, center field, th- those are my corner guys. C- center field, I originally was gonna Mike Trout just because it's Mike Trout. He's gonna get voted in, but Julio Rodriguez is gonna be my starting center fielder, just because li- what Nick mentioned, right? It's in Seattle. The plus MLB will do anything possible to show off its stars, potential stars, that's Julio, right? So it just makes too much sense to, to have him out there. Um, Luis Robert was on, was on my reserve list. Uh, he's having, he is having a really good season. Power numbers are there this year. Yoshida, which Rob mentioned, he's my Red Sox guy. Uh, we haven't mentioned any Red Sox so far. Um, he would be my guy representing the Red Sox if we were, were doing it that way. And then a guy that just deserves some kind of mention, and we mentioned him in the previous episode, is Brett Rooker uh, from the A's. He potentially gets in there, right? There's a world where where he kind of comes in if if, if Noda doesn't get in. Um, so so those are my guys, and you know, injuries suck, right? But we have Jordan getting injured, Aaron Judge getting injured. Um, last last position, and the thing, and I, I can't imagine anyone saying anything else. DH, does anyone here not have Otani? Not not <laughs> no, not, even, not even close. Not even close. Okay, perfect. Yeah. If he played more positions, I would have him at every position. Let's be real here. Like, he just needs one game played at each position. He's going to start every position. Yeah. I'd rather start him at shortstop over Boba Shet. Let's just put that out there. Um, Might be better defensively. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Look, p- pitching's weird because we know that this is how the schedule lines up. So if you pitch on a Saturday or Sunday, odds are you're not pitching on a Wednesday. So just throw one name out there who you would want to see as, as, a starting, as a starting pitcher at the All-Star game. It would definitely be Shane McClanahan. If I had to just pick one guy, um, just looking at, at his stats, um, I talked about him a little while ago. He's been underrated for a little while. There's definitely some other good names out there in the AL that for sure are going to be, um, you know, in that in that group of starters that ends up going to the game. But I think it. I think for me, when I look at the stats, it easily has to be Shane McClanahan. So I'm going to give two. The guy I want to see and then my stupid van vote. So the guy I want to see, simply because it's in Seattle, the Julio Rodriguez style, I want to see Luis Castillo start this game. I, I think that would be exciting. I think that would be good for the game and good for the re- the ratings. But my stupid van vote that doesn't really probably deserve it, but still is my vote because I just want to see it, is Otani. I want to see him start a DH and starting pitcher this game. I have to answer. Mine's Otani. If I could put Otani as the answer for everything, like I, I would, right? Like You did pick him for your all-time out. team three years ago. Yes, I did. Yeah, no, I was, I was early on that one. Let's put that out there. No, but look, Otani, I think, like, we've seen him at the biggest stage in baseball this year, which was WBC, closing it out against Mike Trout. Um, I think it would be awesome to see him start the All-Star game. I think it's going to be awesome when we see him pitch Game 7 of the World Series for the Angels this year. Pat, nah, that, that's funny. I thought it was funny because the Angels can't make the playoffs. Is, is there anyone else you guys want to talk about? Because, I, I mean, uh, for me, guys that I think – Get that, that should get in, even though they don't really have a clear way of getting in. Is Whit Merrifield? He's a, he's been an All Star a few times, and I think he's been good enough this year to kind of get that alternative vote. And then if we're gonna have like a legend guy, like obviously this is Mickey's last year. 
nigga could barely walk. So if we do the same thing we did last year with Albert Pujols and him, I, I think we should just do it again this year with Mickey. Um, but like obviously he's not deserving of being an All Star. Dude's barely playing. But if we're gonna throw a, a, a nostalgia pick in there, probably Mickey. Is there anyone that you guys want to see in there? We didn't mention Gaussman as a starting pitcher, and I think he might be the guy who actually gets the starting nod because he's been absolutely balling out this year. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I oh, think you, I, I think honestly, in terms of the names that I had written down, we we mentioned everyone that I had written down as a as a possible uh, a reserve. Um, I think in terms of more of just like the game itself, like, look, I, I, it's tough because it's like it's like what is the like what is the game though? Like it's like. In terms of like explaining the game, because we're I understand the argument that we have of like voting the the better names in, like the superstar names, like you want to see your Otani's and your Trouts and your judges and all that stuff. But it's just like at some point, it's just like we have to look at the stats too, because I feel like so much so many times when you're having conversations of like, you know, all time, where does this guy rank compared to this guy and everything like that? Like something that comes up sometimes is like, yo, how much you know, oh, this guy's a, a this time all-star versus this time all-star and stuff. And then you have to kind of like look back in terms of like, I would say in terms of the the trend that all-star voting has gone in like the last 10 years, you have to look back sometimes and be like, yeah, but was he an all-star that season? Like he got voted in by the fans, right? But like he got voted in by the fans hitting where he had a 697 OP. Like, it's just like, okay, but was he really an all-star though type of thing? So I'm saying like, I just hope, I just hope that we know guys are going to end up being there like your Trouts, right? No matter how you perform, like I said, this is this is the first year where statistically he doesn't deserve to be in the top three conversation. If you're if you're just talking about who are the three statistically best outfielders in the AL this season, Mike Trout is not in that conversation. Is he going to be an All Star? More than likely, yes. He he might end up starting the game as well, just because he he is Mike Trout. But I hope that some of these guys where that are like those brink players that you don't really know. Like we talked about a guy like Yandy Diaz at first base, right? Like. A guy like Vladdy probably ends up starting starting above him. But a guy like Vladdy is also a guy that we expect to see there more often than not, right? Like, like a guy like Vladdy, realistically, in the next decade is out of the next decade, probably five or six of those seasons is going to be the best first baseman in the AL. A guy like Andy Diaz, we say is having a breakout season. This might be a career year. Like this might be where he tops out his best season ever playing like an all-star definitely deserves to be in the game. So I hope it just ends up being a, a kind of a balance of the two, right? Like I definitely agree with you guys. I want to see our I want to see our superstars out there, but I hope that a lot of those guys that are having those career seasons do get the opportunity to participate in the game as well. I, I, I'll say this for, for for some guys: it's the positions of second base and shortstop are, are pretty weak, aside from the guys we mentioned, obviously. So yeah. don't be surprised if you hear some underwhelming names, right? So so Jeremy Pena, who probably doesn't deserve to be an All Star. Statistically, he is one of the better, third, you know, shortstops in the AL, right. and it's not like an eye-opening number or anything like that. It's kind of like, eh, we just have nobody else. So a Jeremy Pena might get in. You know, I was joking around with Glaber Torres, but same thing, right? Second base is a very underwhelming position, so you might see Glaber Torres based on one, he's in New York, so fans might vote for him, and two, he's been an All-Star before, so it's kind of just an easy connection there. And not that he deserves it, right? But it's just scarcity at the position that might, you know, get him in there. Especially with all the stuff, so again, just, just some some names to look at. But let's let's move over to the NL man, and we'll we'll start at a, I think it's a two man race for this position, man. But we'll, let's start at catcher. Yeah, at, at catcher, man, I think you have to go with Sean Murphy. I gave it to Sean Murphy uh, for the Atlanta Braves. I think he's he's been the top catcher in the game of baseball for a good chunk of this season. 
I still would take him as the the number one catcher. Well, at least for this season, like I wouldn't rank him overall in the game of baseball as number one, but for 2023, I do think he has performed as the as the top catcher um, in the game. So I got to I got to see him out there representing the NL um, for this year in the All Star game. By the way, before we move on to Sean Murphy, his backup catcher just hit two home runs and one for like 470 feet. The Braves are fucking yeah. ridiculous. Oh, the Braves are the Braves. The Braves are living. The Braves are living uh, my life. Like the Braves are living the life I hope. I wish. I wish like a Yankee fan would be able to 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 live with with the excess that they have. Yeah, this might be the clearest pick in Sean Murphy. I mean, he's leading catchers and everything, and he he's he's his offense is that of a top offensive player, regardless of being catcher or not. Um, but he's also really good defensively. And to be honest, for for Sean Murphy, I really like him because. His guy that he was likely going to split time with in Travis Darno got hurt. You know, he had the concussion and it fell on Murphy. Like, hey, man, you got to go do this. This isn't a luxury. This is a have to. And he stepped up. He's playing well. And he went from a shitty Oakland team where we're like, man, what could this kid do if he was on a team that had something around him and he had something to play for? And he's doing it. He's he is playing his out of his mind. He really has put himself in the conversation with the JT Real Mutos in only a couple months where, you know, the potential was there, but he just hadn't put it together and he's putting it together and I don't see a hole in his game. And Dan, you talked about Sean Murphy for years and how much you liked him. And it's really coming through where he's got both the offense and the defense. His pitchers love throwing to him and he's putting himself in the position of not just a top catcher in the game, but one of the top players in the game on a top team in the game. Um, so it, to me, it's it's clear Sean Murphy. There's not really another option to talk about this position. I agree, man. It, it, Sean Murphy's my guy too, and offensively, he's doing things that I never even like dreamed he would be be doing right now, which is which is just insane to me. Um, but Sean Murphy's definitely. I think you know JT Ramuto will get in as a bench guy, um, and I think like you know we have representatives from each team. I think a catcher that gets into might be Elias Diaz from the Rockies, just because you need a Rockies. Right, and I, I just can't imagine who else you put in from the Rockies, right? Like, like, like I don't know. I, I really have no idea who else you put in. So I think Elias Diaz. The only other Rocky player you would vote in at this point would be Larry Walker. Right. Yeah. Come be, come be our legend, Walker. <laughs> I, I, our next position, I think, is pretty easy too, man. First base. Yeah. No. That that's a runaway. Um, I think. I think first base. I'll say this about first base. I think the starting position is a runaway, but I think first base is going to be interesting. Because I think the NL first base spot is probably the position that's also like the most loaded in terms of there's probably like a like a solid five or six names out there that you could send to the all-star game um, just based on their overall numbers. But the runaway at the position this year is Freddie Freeman. Um, and it's not really a name that that should surprise anyone. I mean, it's it's literally Freddie Freeman being Freddie Freeman. He hasn't really deviated from the type of player that he is at any point in time. Um, I think the most interesting thing about him is the fact that um, you can make an argument that he has been the best player on the Dodgers ever since he got to the Dodgers. Like he has, he has yeah. been better than Mookie Betts, even though obviously overall in the game of baseball, when you talk to a lot of people, Mookie Betts probably still gets selected over him in terms of overall player rank, but he has produced better than Mookie Betts for the Dodgers. And he has been the, the kind of driving force on that team that additional leader that they needed. Nothing against some of the previous players that they had, right? But for example, I, I never saw a guy like Cody Bellinger developing into that type of leader that would be needed for the Dodgers alongside of Mookie Betts. 
Um, if you're talking about a veteran voice, yeah, you, you could have a guy like, um, you know, Justin Turner, but Justin Turner is also not a superstar to compliment Mookie Betts. You had a guy like Treya Turner, again, a more quieter voice that I don't see necessarily being that type of leader. Could you make an argument for a guy like possibly Corey Seager? Who knows? But Corey Seager decided to get that payday and go over to Texas. And I think the Dodgers investment in, in Freddie Freeman um, has turned out to be one of the best investments in baseball overall. I think it's, it's what's caused the Dodgers to, even though they've taken that step back a little bit, to still be in that conversation. And I, I love the way Freddie Freeman's performing this season. Rob said it perfectly. This is probably the most stacked spot in you know, position-wise on either team as far as difficult options to choose from. Uh, I mean, you've got you've got four guys that have a 139 WRC plus or better. 139, that's pretty damn good. So for me, I mean, you got guys like Alonzo, even Lamont, uh, Lamont Wade Jr. He was in my thoughts of being the starter. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt's having another good year. It's not as good as last year, but another good year. But then when you look at it, Freddie Freeman is just He's just that much better than everybody at everything. There's two players in Major League Baseball right now that have a 3-4-5, meaning 300 batting average, 400 on-base percentage, 500 slugging. That's elite, elite. And Freddie Freeman is one of them. And it's crazy how quietly he's doing it this year. It's an MVP season out of him, and I really haven't heard that much because the Dodgers are struggling so much. But it's Freddie Freeman. I mean, it's, it's almost not even close. And last year, his home runs were down and stolen bases were up. This year, his home runs are back up a little bit, and his stolen bases are staying right there. He's got nine as a guy that you don't really think about running too much. Um, it's just, to me, it's 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 crazy how good he is this year because the other players at the position are also good. He's on a great team in a great division, and he's still killing it. So it, it's Freddie Freeman uh, as the starter for me. I, I have Freddie Freeman too. It, it's pretty easy as far as far as the other guys go. I guess I, I think it's more of a conversation. Paul Goldschmidt might be like the only thing that's positive in St. Louis right now, right? So St. Louis needs to send somebody too, which is not the way we thought we'd phrase this at the beginning of the year. Um, but Paul Goldschmidt, for me, gets in there as well. Lamont Wade Jr. having a great season. He's he's uh, His name's a little bit quieter, so I think it will be harder for him to get in unless they, he gets in based on his production, right? Pete Alonzo, it, it's hard for me to say, hey, I'm going to vote in someone who has a 219 average. Like, I get he's doing he's doing everything else well, and that that stuff matters too, but when you're this competitive at first base, uh, you know I just I can leave him out and I'll be okay. He'll he'll have his his time to shine at the home run derby because you know he'll be in that. All right, second base. I think this is another really easy one, man. Who do you guys have at second base? Yeah, for for second base, it has to be Luis Arias. Um, I, again, another guy that we've talked about um a lot on the podcast. Um, and and a, and a guy who who's still to this day underrated, even with what he's doing out there. I talked about it a little earlier this week. Like, I don't, I, do I think he's going to stay at this crazy level? No. But even if it ends up being a season where he, let's say that we get to the end of the season and he ends up hitting 340-ish, you know, like, is that unrealistic? No. He hit 316 last season, won the AL batting title. Um, I also mentioned he, he probably becomes the second player right behind DJ LeMahieu to win a batting title in both the AL and NL this season. He's, he's, he's more than likely going to go back to back unless he falls to faith off the, the, the face of the earth, you know, falls off a cliff or whatever, he's going to go into the all-star break, probably hitting, like, again, a rough stretch to, towards the all-star break probably knocks him down to, what, 370 maybe? He's going to enter the all-star break probably hitting around 370, start the second half around 370. Um, again, a rough second half probably finishes him off at 330, 340. 
probably still wins the batting title with that. And if he does better than that, probably finishes the year around 350, 360. So again, not a, a guy that's not surprising. I think we're, we're a little surprised this year with his slugging numbers. But we've talked about it before, man. He's a hitter. That's all he does. The first two seasons that he, the last two seasons he got in Minnesota as a as an everyday guy, he hit 307. Is he going to give you a 900 OPS every season? No. But this season, he's giving it to you along with it, with topping everyone else out in batting average. And I think he is, when you talk about as clear of a pick as a guy has to be for an all-star this season, like he is in that conversation. And here's where I piss off every single person. Oh, Lord. It is not Luis Arias. It is Tyro Estrada. Tyro Estrada is my pick at second base to start. He's got way more home runs. He's got the same slugging. Yes, his average isn't there. But to me, honestly, Luis Arias needs to hit 400 for me to be really impressed. I know he's a 340 hitter. Like, that's just who he is. (laughs) So, like, you got to step up your game if you're going to make a a big impression. Don't get me wrong. He deserves to be an all-star for sure. But I got got Tyro Estrada. Overall, his game to me is a lot better. It's a lot more of what I want to see out there at second base in an all-star game. Luis Reyes might go three for three off some great pitching, but it's probably going to be three singles. So I got Tyro Estrada as my starting second baseman. Oh, man, I like that. No, look, I got I got Arias because I'm not a crazy person. All right, I got um, <laughs> Luis Reyes. I'm not a crazy person, so, you know, I'm, I'm right on cue. No, look, Arias is my second baseman. But I'll say this about Tyro Estrada. He plays second base and shortstop. And there's a real conversation to be made that he could be the starter at either, at either position based on production, right? Not name value, based on production. He's produced as a top second baseman. He's produced as a top shortstop. And, you know, we're, we're about to get into shortstop right now too, but I think it would be a crime not to have Tyler Estrada in, in, in the All-Star game this year. Not as a starter, but as a, you know, a, a, as a bench guy, right? Or as a um, alternative, whatever the hell you call it. All right, let's move to shortstop, man. Who, who, who would you have starting at shortstop? Yo, hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Because oh, I want to move to shortstop. <laughs> but hold up. Because I'm just, I'm just sitting here. I'm sitting here and I'm letting, I'm letting Nick's take just marinate in my head. And it's <laughs> like I'm just sitting here and I'm saying to myself, Tyro Estrada makes sense. Like if you want to send Tyro Estrada to the All-Star game, sure. But saying that he, that he would start the game over Ruiz, Arias, who's hitting, who's hitting like 390 on the season, <laughs> along with like, like again, not e- this isn't even just normal Luis Arias. It's not, it's not 390 batting average, like 780 OPS Luis Arias. This is like 900 OPS Luis Arias, and it's probably been the 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 most key player on that Marlins team this season. It's just like I'm letting it marinate, and now it's start, it's starting to get me mad. And Nick and Nick predicted it. Nick said this is where he was going to get people mad. He's starting to get me mad. Because the more and more that I let it marinate, the more and more that it's just like, it's like a hot take, man. It's like a hot take. There is no way. Oh, man. Arias combined home runs and steals combined is three. Three combined home runs and steals. Come on. We could do that if we started every game for the Marlins. I'm slow as fuck and I can get a steal in Major League Baseball. Don't get me wrong. What he's doing offensively with hits and average is impressive. Like we have gone back and forth in our chat that he might be this generation's Tony Gwynn. And am I saying Tyro Estrada is better than Tony Gwynn? Absolutely not. But I would like to see Tyro Estrada start at second base in this all-star game because of, again, the show value. I think he's going to put on a better show. He's got more potential to do something exciting to me than Luis Arise. 
man. All right, let's go shortstop before we start a a, a, a war out here. <laughs> Yo, all right, yeah. Let, let, look, shortstop, shortstop is one where like you can't. I, I said this ahead of time. Don't hit me with no with if okay. If you hit me with a real superstar name, it's it's just because you want to see a star there. No superstar name in the NL is playing to to his potential. I'm gonna say this though. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say some uh, some quick controversial shit. If you told me who I have to select at shortstop based off the MLB selection criteria, I'm giving my vote to Orlando or Arcia for the Atlanta Braves. I think he's a name that you didn't expect. He's been performing this season. He ha- he has an argument to go to the All Star game, even if you want to say he's not a, a starter. Sure, I'm giving him my vote for starter based on what the criteria is and what he's done this season with the opportunity that he's been given in Atlanta. The shortstop crop in the NL is not strong, people. Those are just facts, okay? With that being said, because how because I know how I see the potential outfield situation playing out in the NL, man, why not start Fernando Tatis Jr. as shortstop? If we're talking about seeing superstars, who cares about the criteria having Tatis Jr. out in the outfield, man? Put him at shortstop. You, you need that desperately for the All-Star game. Because, wow, the crop of NL shortstops, I'm looking at Francisco Lindor. I'm looking at Trey Turner. I'm looking at all these, even a guy like Dansby Swanson, right? He signed a big contract. A guy like Xander Bogot started off super hot and, and cooled off a little bit. Having a solid season, but definitely cooled off from, from his hot start this year. A lot of the big names just not performing to anything of a level that screams all-star. Yo, put Fernando Tatis Jr. at shortstop. If you're talking about the all-star game, got to go out there and do it. Oh my god! Okay, so there, there's a hot take that's way worse than my Tyro Strata second base. No, yeah. it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Come on. Okay. Oh, you, you can have that. Uh, I am going Garcia, even though his games played and his at bats is a lot lower. He's clearly the best shortstop in the National League right now. And like to your point, like the big names are not doing anything. Like Trey Turner's got three weeks to do some crazy shit, like he did in WBC to get in there. But right now, he is not that guy. The only other guy I thought of was Dansby Swanson. Like, he's the only other guy that I thought of to be as a starting shortstop. Um, but no, I'm going Arcia. And to a lot of what Rob said, like, who is this guy? Where did he come from to do this? It, I mean, not only do the Braves do everything right that they should be doing, but it's almost like they get, they're getting luck. You take Sean Murphy, who's got this you know, pedigree, you know, he's a good catcher, and all of a sudden he's the best catcher in the league. And then you got Orlando Arcia, who just felt like a backup plan to Dansby Swanson when they didn't sign him. It was like, uh, fucking throw a dartboard. Oh, Arcia, he's a free agent. Let's sign him. And all of a sudden, he's the best shortstop in the National League with minimum at-bats. So, for me, I it, it, to me, it's Arcia. There's nobody playing better than him. And you've got all these names that you want to see there. But he is the best shortstop in the National League right now. For, for my starter, I have Dansby Swanson. Because I think his name is big enough to be considered a, a, a star. Right, and nothing against RC. RC definitely deserves to, to be in this conversation, but if we're going based on production plus name value, I think Dansby Swanson, especially since he was a free agent last year, his name was in in front of people enough where they consider him a name. Uh, RC deserves to get in, but you know, like you mentioned, this is a pretty ugly position right now, where the guys that are getting paid to be in this position year in and out just aren't producing. So. You know, Swanson's the closest one to living up to his contract. Like I mentioned, Tyro Strada definitely has to be in there. I think Arsha has to be in there too. But I also think it's don't get surprised 
if even though he's having a, a bad season, Francisco Lindor gets in there, don't be surprised if even though he's not having, you know, he he also fell off since being hot early this year. Xander Bogarts, don't be surprised if, if his his name's in there either, right? Because they do carry carry name value. You know, if you're sitting in New York, you want Francisco Lindor to be there, right? If you're the MLB front office, because you don't like this dude just had a a what was it called a Gucci glove made for him, right? Like like who who's doing that in the MLB, right? So. You know, I think just for the star power, those guys probably get in. Maybe they'll get in with like an injury qualification, like oh Xander has a a cold this weekend, so you're, you're probably not gonna not gonna see him or something. I I don't know, but Archie definitely deserves to be in there, uh, as well as Tyro Estrada. Th- those guys are performing great. And there's other guys too that have I've been you know they're not gonna get in because they're too under the radar. Um, but you know, Ketel Marte having a good season, Matt McLean, Cincinnati having a good season. Right, those are guys that you should probably have somewhere on this list, and maybe have them at third base. So, so let's I go, think let's Mc, I think McLean would be in there if he had come up earlier. Uh, he is having a great season. Had he more games, I think he would be there. Real quick on NL shortstops, this isn't an All Star conversation part of it, but I love me some Brandon Crawford, and yeah, he threw an inning, you know, the other day, last week or whatever. Relief, yeah, relief pitchers coming in. There we go. No, but here's the crazy part, and I heard this on another podcast. So I had to fact check it. He's got over 1,600 career games in Major League Baseball. That was the first time he's ever played anything but shortstop, ever, ever. That is insane to think that a dude has 1,600 games and he's never played another position, and that position is shortstop, maybe the easiest position to not continue playing. Big ups to Brandon Crawford. He's not an all-star, but that, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I'm going to say this, uh, like, again, not, not all-star top, but I think the shortstop position in general, the shift is off. These guys have more responsibility. These guys have more ground to cover. I think that's having some impact on the offensive production, right? Because if, if we look at it 20 years ago, before people started really shifting, we didn't have a lot of shortstops with big numbers, right? We had A-Rod, and then we had, like, nobody else, right? Like, like, like Derek Jeter was considered an offensive threat, and he wasn't hitting 20 home runs a year, right? So, so I'm just saying, I think, I think we have a um, re-look at that position to see what we really value again. Uh, let's move to third base, man. Who we got at third? Yeah, so for for third, it's a, it's another good combo, man. Um, ooh, this one's tough. This one was tough. I ended up giving the vote to to JD Davis over at third based on the season that he's having. If I if I ended up having to give it, you know, to the guy that I want to see out there that that I think is going to be on the reserves, and obviously because he's he's more of one of my favorite players in the game, it'd be Arenado. But again, Arenado's not having that that type of season that just screams out that he he deserves to start the All Star game. A guy like J.D. Davis has has been having that season and has been, a, a, again, I keep talking about key pieces that are contributing to, to teams playing good baseball. Um, the, the Giants are in the conversation this season, right? Like the Giants aren't aren't dead or anything like that. They're in that postseason conversation. Um, and guys like J.D. Davis are making that conversation possible for them. Um, I think if, if he gets given the nod over at third base this year, just based on the position, on how the position is looking, um, I wouldn't be mad at it at all. I got the same guy. Um, I mean, he's doing. He's got the highest WRC plus at third base in the National League at one forty seven, or sorry, one thirty seven. So um, it was it was a surprise to see his name up there as one of the better third basemen, which goes to the idea of how disgusting this position is so far this season because it's it's pretty bad if you're going to throw JD Davis out there. But the good news is he is doing well. He's hitting two ninety five, a one thirty seven WRC plus, and he's playing decent defense over there too. So. Uh, it's a little, you know, I got him right there with Tyro Estrada starting the All-Star game from San Francisco. Oh, man. I think I think Nick became a Giants fan again. Um, 
<laughs> no, no, Kapler's still there. Fuck them. Uh, like man, I'm gonna go Nolan Arenado. Like I, I agree with you guys. JD Davis deserves to be the starting third baseman, but again, I I, I rather see Nolan Arenado there, right? I, I rather see the the you know one of the best players of all time start in that starting lineup, right? But but JD Davis deserves it. JD Davis is having a way better season than Nolan Arenado, and if life was fair, he'd be the starting third baseman. Life isn't fair. We want to see we want the best players in our generation out there. So I have Nolan Arenado as a starting third base. Uh, another guy that's probably going to get in there, Max Muncy, having a big power season, kind of resurging uh, from last year's you know, drop-off. So I, I think Max Muncy, especially because he's in L.A., he'll get a lot of votes. I think Max Muncy will be in there. <laughs> Heimer Candelario, I, I also think he gets in. Uh, I don't know how, but I think he gets in, especially because he plays third base and first base a little bit. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if he's a name that, that, that is on kind of the reserve list and but third base is ugly, man, because there's there's other guys you can make this conversation for. Like, you can say Spencer Steer is a guy that we could be talking about, right? He has almost 300 play appearances. Ryan McMahon, if we're going to talk about another Rocky player, he arguably also deserves to be in there because he he's right there with, with Nolan Arenado, really. The, the only real standout so far is, is J.D. Davis. So, you know, to, to give it to anybody else, it's just going to be so close. They're probably gonna go name value at that point over guys having a you know breakout or having their best you know career season kind of thing. Uh, let's get to the fun part, man. Outfield. Who who do you have as, as your starting outfielders? Oof, this is tough. Um, there are. I'm, I'm gonna say right now, like there's def- there. I I don't want to say that they're not deserving. There's gonna be more names that end up going to the All Star game under the outfield category. But when you're just, when we're just strictly talking about starters, there's only five names that you can look at. It stop it stops at five names realistically. Out of those five names, you have to pick three starters. Two of them would obviously be reserves. I think the one guy that has to be on everyone's list is Ronald Acuna Jr. He is the NL MVP favorite. If you don't have him as a starter in the All Star game, you're a liar. Um, you just started watching baseball yesterday. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Uh, but Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to the All-Star game. Um, again, favored for MVP, easy. Um, I gave I gave my second vote as a starter to Corbin Carroll from the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, I think that the season that he's having, um, I talked about it a little earlier uh, this week, um, his numbers are pushing up, man. If you look at Corbin Carroll two weeks ago, he was, um, I think he was 12th. As a as a betting favorite for NL MVP in the in the span of two weeks, he's jumped into top five conversation. I think I looked last night and he was fourth um, in terms of favorite to win an MVP. Obviously, Ronald Acuna Jr. is still the favorite, um, but for him to take such a such a leap forward and and again is is another key guy for for Arizona. Arizona's in that conversation with up and coming teams like the Marlins, like the Orioles, like the Rangers, like everything like that because of guys like Corbin Carroll. Um, he is the centerpiece of the Diamondbacks, already got him locked up, which, again, is just was a great business move by them, um, a great move by Corbin Carroll, right? Like, get your money, make sure that you can that you can help your family. You got you got some financial stability. And if he stays healthy, I mean, we <laughs> you're talking about a situation where he's probably going to hit the free agent market at the age of 29 again. So, like, he'll be in a situation to get another big payday. Um, so and and he's proving that that payday was definitely worth it. Uh, my third spot is where it got a little tricky, because if you ask me who I want, who I would give the spot to just because I want to see him out there, my third spot would go to Fernando Tatis Jr. If you ask me 
who I I'm giving the vote to because I think that they've just what they've done this season and and again personality as well just deserves the spot. I'm giving the third spot to Mookie Betts. I think Mookie Betts has has played like an all star this season. Um, contributed a lot to what Freddie Freeman has done out in L.A. Um, his numbers are right there um, along with Tatis Jr. Um, in a lot of areas. I know Tatis Jr. missed a little bit of games. He's playing like an all star. Tatis Jr. is go, is going to go to the all star game. Um, but that would have to be my three. I'm saying Acuna Jr., Corbin Carroll, Mookie Betts starting in the outfield for the NL. So quick question. Who are your other two that have to be in the conversation than nobody else? Oh, it was just the, the other one is uh, Soto. So, so, so the five are Acuna Jr., Corbin Carroll, Mookie, Tatis Jr., Soto. Fair enough. I was right there as well. But I uh, so I went back. I was surprised because I've been hearing about Carroll, you know, but I don't follow the Diamondbacks at all because I just don't. Um, there's no reason to up until this year. So, um, but Carroll surprisingly has actually passed Acuna in a lot of stuff, including OPS and slugging. He's almost got a 600 slugging. Um, so that was that was interesting to so me. It was one, two, Carroll and Acuna. Um, it Carroll is playing his way into not making it a runaway conversation for MVP for Acuna Jr. Um, which is very, very interesting because that's a big thing to say because Acuna Jr. is not just playing to his name. He's playing at an MVP level. He is killing it on all levels this year. And for Corbin minus Carroll... Defense. Which, minus defense. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's not what you have him for. But, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, to to say that Corbin Carroll is playing at that level against a guy that we've known can do it and is is absolutely doing it this year is is pretty amazing. So those are my one and two. And then I actually have Tatis. I'm I'm super impressed with how well he's done after missing games, after a PED suspension. And the other thing for me, man, look, his dancing when they're chanting cheater, the way he's the way he's playing into this, how do you not love this guy? Even if you hate him, how do you not love everything he's doing? He's taking your negativity and making it fun for everybody. If you're calling him a cheater and you're chanting with 3,000, 4,000 fans and he's just sitting there dancing, that doesn't bring a smile to your face, man. You you have a bad, sad life. So for me, it's Tatis Jr. I want to see him on that stage out there. Um, it might be the Bo Bichette version where he, bump, where he bumbles three balls that might be hit to him. But I, I'm here for that with him because he's going to find a way to make that fun where Bo Bichette's just going to put his head down and be quiet. So my outfield is Carol Acuna and Tatis. And for, you know... For years, I've been wanting to see Tatis and Acuna Jr. Uh, on the same All-Star game, and we get it. And they're going to be in the same outfield. Uh, they might, they might like fight each other for who gets to throw the ball in and miss the cutoff guy. Like it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I um, uh, me, I, I have Rob's list, man. So I have Acuna Jr. Obvious reasons, Carroll, obvious reasons, and my third guy's Mookie Betts. I just think he's a great ambassador of the game. I don't know if you guys have been looking at it, but he's been working with Bleacher Report on all the segment. He's bringing in stars of the game, and he's talking to them in interviews when they're playing series against the Dodgers. And just that, man, just that exposure, I think, has been awesome for the game, right? Aaron Judge was on there. Hunter Green's been on there. Um, Kershaw, yeah. He had Kershaw yeah, on there yeah. for for another episode. Yeah, so just, just I, I think he's a great ambassador of the game, right? So Mookie Betts, I, I, I'd love to see him out there as a starter. But as far as the man reserves, man, I think Fernando Tatis Jr., First one up, right? Um, after that, Juan Soto. You can't, you can't not have him in the All Star game. His his production started. It's backing it up now, by the way. It's not just namesake. Yeah. Like, no, his his production is there now. Uh, and then some, a couple of other guys that I'm just gonna toss in there because I think they they do get in. Because again, these these teams is like they expand to like 40 man rosters by, by by the end of it. Uh, 
Brandon Nimmo from the match. Uh, I think he'll he'll get in there, and Ryan Reynolds from Pittsburgh. We haven't really talked about any Pittsburgh Pirates today, and if you're gonna have a Pittsburgh Pirate in there, unless you're telling me that it's gonna be Andrew McCutcheon for sentimental reasons, it has to be Brian Reynolds. Um, you know what I mean? So uh, that's that's my like outfield group out there. I I think it's a great outfield group, and it's what I love about it. It's so young that I think these guys will be looking at for the next half decade to decade in, in, in these positions, man, especially with Corbin Cowher and Acuna Jr. These guys aren't even 25 yet, which is ridiculous. DH spot. I know it has a DH spot now. Who do you guys have as your DH is or DH? For DH, um, I, th- I think there was a couple good names that you could look at for DH. Um, I know uh, a little while ago we talked about J.D. Martinez. Definitely a good name that you could have at that position. I ended up giving the the vote to Jorge Soler. I think the season that he's that he's been having along with Luis Arise out in Miami. Um, we talked about it before. Miami's kind of on track to to be able to build a very good team. Um, I think I think their lineup is missing kind of like that key guy, um, that superstar level guy. We don't know if they're going to get to the point where they can acquire that type of player. But in my opinion, if you are able to acquire that type of player, you have complementary pieces like a Luis Urias, who is there for, you know, contact purposes, like your Jorge Solares, who is there for power purposes. You have a little bit additional pieces in Brian De La Cruz, Jesus Sanchez, and all these guys that are playing well. Um, you can actually start to build something, and, and he's been a key part part of that. I think years like this, when he's on, when his power is is reflecting well in his at-bats, um, it's kind of like the, the years that you look forward to and, and the years that you want to kind of try to put it together, like the Marlins have been able to do. So I think I think you have to give them the vote this year at DH. Remind me, remind everybody, this is my all-star team. This is my pick. So I'm throwing Kutch in that bitch. He's gonna be my DH. He's gonna lead oh, off the game. Uh, I mean, his his offense has not been great. It may not be all-star starter caliber, but look, he's got a resurgent. He's leading the team to float around first place the whole season. They got a winning record. And there's you cannot tell me with as much Pirates baseball as I've watched this year, which is every game I've watched. Maybe not full games, but at least seen every single condensed game. With him not there, they're not doing this. And this man, talk about ambassador of the game like a Mookie Betts. I don't know if there's another player that's brought more smiles to more faces than Andrew McCutcheon over the time he's been in the league. So for him to be an all-star starter at DH, I think is absolutely the right play. And that's exactly who I'm voting in. I like that. Uh, For me, I'll go go Soler. I think right now, like if if we're looking at that, Marlins lineup, right? I think it's better than like the Mariners lineup. If I'm being honest with you, I know Mariners. We always use like the Mariners stuff, whatever. But for me, like I like, like I don't think it's a great lineup. Like I, I think it is. I'm sorry if you guys hear that in the background. My dog's fucking going crazy. But he agrees uh, with me on the cutch. He he agrees with me. <laughs> Apparently, he's a big fan. No, look, I'm going Soler. I think it's a big reason why the the Marlins are in contention the way they are. Without Soler, I don't think they would be. Um, as competitive as they're being, right? Like, that's a tough division. So I, I give it to him. And then Joey Votto. I don't think he deserves to be in the All-Star game. But last year, neither did Miggy or Albert Pujols, right? And I think McCutcheon, I think McCutcheon has a few years left in him still, like, that he'll be playing. Votto, I think this is his last year. So I think if we have a ceremonial All-Star selection kind of person, Joey Votto's my guy for that, right? Let's see him one last time. Let's put him out there in Seattle. Let him finish his career in a, a high note. Um, starting pitcher, man. Who, 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 who'd you go to, who's your go-to guy? Starting pitcher in the NL. 
Oh, for the NL, um, I ended up going with Zach Gallen. Um, I think the the NL the NL is a little tough. I think Zach Gallen, um, in a lot of categories, comes off as the clear pick. But you have some other names in there. You have you have your Clayton Kershaw, um, you know who who's been pitching well this season. Um, you you had a guy, probably not anymore, but you know you had a guy uh, in in Spencer Strider who had who had started off the season um, pretty hot. But I think the conversation is pretty much rounded out to Zach Gallen. When you look at some of the names out there, um, you know, you have some of the fringe guys like your Justin Steeles who are also hang, hanging around. But um, I think along with what's happening out in Arizona, you look at a guy like Corbin Carroll, who's been a star on the offensive side. Zach Gallen has been the equivalent on the, on the pitching side for them, right? Those are two, those are two cornerstone pieces that the Diamondbacks can build around. Um, so I think he's definitely my pick to start the game this year. Yeah, so if this was a fan vote version, my vote would go to Mitch Keller because he has stepped up to be an actual ace on a team that shouldn't have had one. Um, and he's he's another big part of the reason why the Pirates are floating around that first place. So if it was just purely a fan vote, it would definitely be Mitch Keller. But since this isn't a fan vote, it's actually just a manager decision. Uh, to me, it's Gallon. Uh, it would have been Strider by so many leaps and bounds without those last few starts that, like, I don't know what the fuck's been happening, but uh gallon's been the most consistent came in the year with high expectation he's been doing it on a first place team um that's been relying on him and he's been doing it he's just been shoving it there's a lot of guys out there that have that have some good seasons but to me gallon is he is the true ace of the national league this year so far for me i'm still going with sir dickums i'm still going with spencer strider uh like my eyes rather watch him in that booty bounce than zach gallon right <laughs> yeah. now just just just, just <laughs> Just from just from a like a watching standpoint, that that man is built like a tree. But um, yeah, baby Groot out there throwing strikes. So for for me, I I, I want to see Spencer Strider out there. Um, but Zach Allen definitely deserves to be in that conversation without a doubt, right? Like he's been more consistent this year. But for me, Strider's kind of just one of those guys where you're starting to build a like folklore like legacy around him, right? With the crazy numbers he's putting up there. So I, I think from a fan perspective i you know i kind of want to see that right like is this guy a future guy that we're looking at as a potential hall of famer one year and i'm not saying zach gallon isn't but for me strider like so far his early his early career indicates that we're looking at something special so i, I want to see that you know kind of all-star game is, is there anyone that that we didn't mention or, or maybe mentioned slightly that you guys think should be in there um that maybe wouldn't go in as a starter but that, that you want to see I think it's tough, man. I, again, the NL, the NL for some reason is so tough in terms of, of a lot of the positions just have a have. If we're being honest, again, not to shit on, on any type of player or anything like that, but a lot of the positions have a lot of, of groups where there's like four or five guys who are just having like these like outstanding years. And it's like, well, we can't send all four and, you know, all four or five of you to the game, right? Like, it's like, there'll be some selective views, but then Again, because it always has to be a good mix. Like, that's just the reality. That that goes back to the question that I asked earlier of, like, what is the definition of the MLB All-Star game? Because we, we can love it all we want, right? And, and I love looking at stats and players who are performing well. But if there's a year where we're sending, you know, a full team of guys for the AL over to the All-Star game, right? And all these guys are hitting 900 OPS, but they're all rookies, Right. Are you going to want to see that compared to an Aaron Judge or a Mike Trout or Shohei Otani, even if they're not performing, you know, at a certain level? No, because they're not the players that you pay to see. So it's going to have to be some combination. That's just the reality of the game. Some guys who are having career years are not going to be able to go to the All-Star game. Um, they might they 
they might have a good chance because like we we talked about earlier, right? I don't want anyone to get to get it twisted and say, you know, that I'm necessarily saying like Mike Trout is my choice for for to start at All-Star, but again, because we know Aaron Judge and Jordan and Jordan Alvarez who should be two guys that are starting are more than likely not going to be able to start. Like it does open up, you know, spots. Mike Trout goes in that starter conversation. Now his reserve role opens up for another guy to be able to go in there. We know the the conditions that come about as well, where we do have to have representation for every team and things like that. So I know we're going to have some some side conversations like that. I would say, um, you know, j- just on my personal end, one of the teams that I was looking at in terms of, of being interesting, just when you're looking at, you know, like teams that because you, you have to send somebody to the All-Star game, right? I thought the Detroit Tigers conversation was interesting because when looking at their team, right, like a guy like Eduardo Rodriguez is probably in that conversation of, of starting the All-Star game. Just just statistic statistically, he's in that conversation of top AO, uh, pitcher this season. And you might be able to send a guy like Riley Green to the All-Star game as well uh, for the outfield um, in, in a reserve role. He's been doing really well for them um, on the offensive end. Um, so I, I think this is going to be a year where we just have a lot of a lot of uh, brand new guys making making the name right. We talked about Oakland. Oakland's probably going to end up have, have to send somebody. It's probably going to be a Rooker or a, or a Noda over at first. Two guys that are unknown, and they're not going to be the only ones, right? Even if you talk about like Baltimore, yeah, they'll send Adley. They'll also end uh, end up probably sending Cano from the bullpen. Brand new if, if bullpen Mullins, name. If, if, if Cedric Mullins was an injured, Cedric Mullins would probably be in the outfield for them, right? Yeah. No, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of names out there um, for for a lot of these spots. Um, again, a lot of common names, but a, but a lot of brand new names, and that's what you like to see. You you also don't want to see the same stars every single year, right? Then you want to see the MLB developing some new stars and things like that. So um, in that sense, I think it's working out pretty well for the league. Yeah, there's a bunch of guys that I, I think have a shot, you know, kind of going career year. But the two guys that I'm well, one I'm surprised we didn't mention. The other, I'm surprised I'm mentioning, but the first one is Marcus Stroman. He's leading the National League in whip, ERA, average against, and like he's been outspoken for years, and it's, it's crazy that he's not out there more because he loves the spotlight. He likes the attention. The dude's dealing. Like This probably will be your starting pitcher, assuming his next three starts go how they should, three or four starts. I mean, how do you not send the league leader in ERA, whip, and batting average against? Just because he doesn't strike guys out? Well... Look, whoever's the manager for the or uh, the, the National League manager is going to pick him if he doesn't fuck this up. The guy that I can't believe I'm going to say, Michael Waka. Pay attention to what he's doing this year down in San Diego. He's number two in ERA, he's number two in whip, and he's number seven in, in average against. He is doing what everybody thought he might do when he was with the Cardinals, but now he's doing it in San Diego. And I, I, I had to look three or four times to make sure that I was really looking at the right Michael Waka. He's having a great year as well. So. Either of those two guys could easily start over Zach Gallon, depending on how these next starts go. I think people don't talk about Stroman because Stroman's so annoying. Like I, th- I think that's what it is, right? Like I think, I think it's like he's a like when he puts it together, he's great, but he also doesn't shut the fuck up. And it's not like it's not just like like fun stuff. It's just like he's always like complaining. But anyway, um, you know, I, I think I think I'll end it with like saying what what like the All Star Game really is about, Kathy, right? And and. I think it's like a mix, right? Because, yeah, we want to see the best guys that season. But we also got to remember, it's like during the middle of the season, which how many All-Star games really are? I don't know, like NBA All-Star game. I think I think hockey is also in the middle of the season. But that brings up challenges, right? Because, you know, we look at a – we look at Francisco Lindor. Do I think he finishes the season as badly as he's doing this year, so far this year? 
I don't think so. I think I think he takes it up, right? So it's like, if we're talking about the best people at the position, you know, nothing against Tyro Strada, but I would rather have Francisco Lindor there. However, because Tyro Strada is having such a good season, it's a crime not to have him there, right? Because you know, like, 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 you know, he might never have a season like that again. Um, I think the All Star Game is something that is kind of a little bit earned, not only that year, but, like, throughout your career, right? So a guy like Vladimir Guerrero Jr., even though his numbers aren't as good as some other guys, this is a man who finished second in MVP voting and only finished second in MVP voting because he was going up against, like, a, you know, something we've never seen before, right? Um, But then we look at some other guys, like, like Luis Arias. Maybe he's not the best player, but he's doing something that's historically different. Right, he's in a conversation of potentially for hitting four hundred. You know whether that's realistic or not. You know whatever. But how many guys are in that conversation? So it's like as a fan, I want to see the guy who is so close, or at least being mentioned so close to history. Um, you know what I mean? So like Nolan Arenado, like I said, I'd rather watch Nolan Arenado than JD Davis, just because Nolan Arenado, I know he's one of the best third basemen in the game. If JD Davis goes over his next hundred, I don't think anyone's gonna be sitting here being like, oh, that's surprising. Right? I think it's like, oh, yeah, he had a really good season so far, but, like, yeah, that's kind of who he is. No, I get it. Right? So it, it's really hard to, to kind of, like, bridge that gap. Like, I love seeing the big games. Right? Like, I, I think it's just it's better for the sport. Right? And I think there needs to be a place where you get the guys that are having great seasons till this point. But, I don't know. It, it, it's just hard, right? Because I also don't want to do, like, a disservice like Ryan Noda, who, who could very well be one of the best first basemen in the future. Do I think so? Not really. Right, but you know, potentially, right? And then you got the guys who we didn't talk about, like a Bobby Witt Jr., who I think if he played for a different team, we probably would be talking about as a potential shortstop for the AL. And he is a guy who does project to be one of the better players in, in, in the game going forward. So I don't know, it's, it's kind of crazy. I think at the end of the day, I think it always works out. The MLB All Star game is the best All Star game there is in professional sports. I don't even think it's close, right? You have the NFL playing like flag football, and they were playing flag football way before it was even acceptable, right? Like, I, like you've seen the highlights of, or I should say the lowlights, of, like, them playing touch, like, with pads on, which was, like, the weirdest thing I've ever seen before, right? NBA, oh, my God, those are, the end of the NBA All-Star game, it's, like, 210 to 209, AL, you know, the, the, the West against the East, which is, like, like, you're not being competitive. You're out here just there because the money grab, right? Like, MLB, like, even before it was, you know, this means something. The reason why they implemented that was because they had like a twenty-two game, in, a twenty-two inning game in the middle of fucking July one year that didn't fucking end, right? But like, it's always meant something to the players, right? These guys come out here and they compete. They don't just like mail it in when they're there, which is again, I I, I can't say that about other sports. And I get it, the physicality of baseball is a little bit different than some of the other sports, but but still, man. Um, MLB All Star Game is always special, man. Is there is there anything you guys want to end off on? Yeah, man. I think look. Just talking about quickly about the the All-Star game, it's just funny looking at the All-Star game and how, like, some of the phases change so quickly, right? Like, this is why just going back to the conversation of how how teams perform, there is a very legit argument that could be made. Again, we we know what's going to end up happening with the fan vote and everything like that, right? Like, a guy like Nolan Arenado is more than likely going to start at third base. 
a guy like Jose Ramirez um, could, could potentially start at third base. But th there is an argument to be made that J.D. Davis starts at third, that Jose Ramirez doesn't start at third, right? Like that, that, that is an argument as well. We're living in a world where there's a very real argument if you look at these positions where there is not a single starter for either lineup from either central division. And we talk about it every year, right? Like the central divisions are just like so weak. And even if, even if you look at them, like the realistic thing is at this moment in time, there's only one guy that you could really point at out of 10 teams, five in the, in the AL central and five in the NL central. That's like a real superstar guy. And that's just Jose Ramirez. A lot of other guys are like, kind of like brink, like a Luis Robert is kind of like a brink kind of level guy. A lot of other guys are just potential picks. Bobby Witt Jr. has done nothing close you know, to, to be like a star level guy yet or anything like that. At the same time, while I'm saying that we, we can be saying the conversation for shortstop in the NL is so weak, right? Like Lindor and Trey Turner aren't performing to their level, but in that very same conversation, two years from now, we could be talking about, for example, uh, Ellie, De, uh, Ellie De La Cruz versus, versus O'Neill Cruz conversation, right? In Cincy and Pittsburgh, those two markets being elevated by two new um, guys that, you know, we see as, as top, you know, shortstop prospect uh, level players. Um, so I, I think it's just interesting, man. It's, it's kind of like a, a changing of the guard in a way. Um, a lot of these guys are vets and we know that they kind of go up and down. Um, but there's a lot of new guys and fresh blood coming into the conversation every year. And I, and I think we're seeing it. And I think the, the important part is um, everyone's going to be different with the way that they adjust to the league. But it's not just a situation anymore where you call a guy up and it's like, oh, yeah, like they had a, they had a good rookie season and, and stuff like that. It's situations now where like guys are or where top prospects are just being called up and like joining the MVP conversation like a Corbin Carroll in his rookie season, just yeah. going completely off, not just being like, oh, I'm going to join the hit my nice little 20 homers and my, you know, nice little 270 batting average. No, it's like Corbin Carroll already going into next season has joined the conversation of like, is this guy a top 20 player in the game? Like that, that's the type of, of season that Corbin Carroll's putting together. So I, I think it's just fun to see, man. I say it every year, but every, every year that we have this all-star game talk, we have our, our awards talk and everything like that. I, in my opinion, baseball just keeps getting better. Every, every year we just have the, this new crop of stars come in and, and, and they're all different. You don't have all your guys that are, are necessarily hitting 300. You don't have all your guys that are necessarily hitting 50 home runs. You have such a complex mix. And, and a lot of them are falling into um, some of the, the markets that for a lot of times didn't have stars like your, like your Baltimore's. Um, you know, we know that your, your Miami's are, are on the come up, your Arizona's. Like, so it, it's good to see from that end, too. Yeah, for me, uh, we said it last year, I'm pretty sure it's. I want to see a skills challenge. I want to see a 60-yard dash from the fastest guys in the game. I want to see on old-school MVP baseball where you had the targets in the outfield and you get points for them. I want to see that outside of just the home run. I want to see throwing into a trash can from center field, right field, and left field. I want to see the quickest turn. I want to see the quickest first, like, home to third. Like, if you do that, and you're going to get those young fans that you're so desperately trying to catch. Because let's be real, all of these cats that are going to be in these competitions, are you going to be your younger players? You're going to grab a fan base that you've been trying to get for years on one of the biggest stages. And the other thing that baseball I don't think takes advantage of is during the All-Star break, you're the only major sport going. There is no competition for viewers, and you are leaving a major opportunity on the shelf. But there's so many skills. I, 
I would watch the bunting competition, make it international, bring in all the bunters from Japan to come in and show us how it's done. I would watch the shit out of that. And you could really make this an absolute event where there is no comparison. Everybody would say this is the best midsummer classic, the best mid-year break, the best all-star game. Let's bring in the skills competition. That, that'd be very fun to watch, man. I think, I think that would be... That, I know you see highlights of, um, like, in the 80s, they had something like that, right? Where you saw, like, the catchers throwing through, like, the little hole at second base, stuff like that. I don't know why I don't do it anymore. I'm pretty sure it's kind of just a contract thing with players, but... Yeah, man, I mean, look, I, I think... It's kind of funny you, you mentioned somebody like Corbin Coward. Corbin Coward would be a senior in college playing for, like, Oral Roberts right now. He was, like, a normal human being, right? Like, these guys are so young. It is, it is so stupid young. how young these guys are, man. Like, like Jordan Walker. Jordan Walker's 20 years old. He wouldn't be a sophomore in college if, if he went, like, you know, if that's what he was doing. And we're putting so many so much pressure on these guys, and these guys are living up to it, too, which I think is the crazier part. But, but yeah, man, we will see you guys next week. Enjoy, or we, you know, you're going to listen on Wednesday. We hope you enjoyed your Father's Day week, uh, Father's Day and all that stuff, man. But we will catch you guys next. See you later.